1: Welcome to the show. Um, Rachel's back. Hi, Rachel. Hi,
2: everybody. Oh, my goodness
1: me. She looks so well. I can't tell you how well she looks. You know when somebody turns up and they're bright-eyed and bushy-tailed? Her skin is as bright as her eyes. Your skin is radiant. You are literally glowing. This is what sleep and rest does for you. You know, there's been... You know, there's been decades of, of scientific research and evidence proving how important sleep is. Sleep is the foundation of all wellness. Okay, you can have your hydration, you need you need food, of course you do, and oxygen. Uh, but sleep is the sleep is the base that is the foundation stone of all those different things. And yes, there's been decades of uh, global scientific research on this. But you sort of don't need it when you have a colleague or a pal or a member of the family who's been away for a couple of days, and you see them again, you go, "That's all the evidence right there," and it's sitting in. In front of us isn't it Vassos exactly
3: how we felt this time on Tuesday last week <laughs> by Tuesday afternoon I would say Rachel I was shattered
1: <laughs> yeah. enjoy
3: these few hours once again we look like
1: an abstract painting <laughs> uh, well welcome back what have you missed then so what have you had to re-engage with
2: uh, so succession. We succession have to catch up with succession.
1: Right? Are you completely up to date with succession? Uh, yes. So episode four has been watched it and three. Been. Yes. So you saw you saw yes. episode three, the seismic episode three, where the thing that we all thought might happen happened, but we didn't get to see because they didn't show it, which is so successiony. Oh,
2: I know. But also, it meant that I spent a large portion of that episode thinking that it was all like a, a, a
1: ruse. Gym. Yeah, a ruse. A ruse. And do we know that it's not a ruse yet? Because we saw a. Cadaver, or will look like a cadaver being unloaded or decanted from the plane, but we didn't. Re- and you know, and there's been. To- I watched episode four yesterday. I watched it in like five or six parts, and not because it was so sort of uh, distressing, just because you know we have a million children. Um, you know, and um, Bluey takes precedent uh, priority on our TV screen, That's and it, the, the odd game. And so, so I never know because I don't know how to check. Eli claims he's doing homework, but it looks like a video game. It probably is. Is it,
2: is it maths homework? It's maths yeah. homework. <laughs> yeah. Ours the play, maths homework, uh,
1: looks, which looks like the most enjoyable homework ever.
2: Yeah, they have like TT rock stars, yeah. Yeah. times tables rock, rock stars. So
1: it is it is homework, and it is isn't homework. it? It its homework.
2: And they're all like trying to do it so that they can get like uh, their question answer to second ratio, like underneath one, like that's the big aim.
1: Yeah. So um, if you haven't caught up with episode four of Succession yet, uh, well, it's OK, because it's like, you know, when a team win the Super Bowl. Right. Notoriously, if a team win the Super Bowl, they have a terrible next season because they just do because they take the foot off the gas in sort of uh, preseason training, downtime training, whereas the other teams, you know, especially the team that was beaten in the Super Bowl, they're chomping at the bit. And it's a bit, you know, episode four had to go a little bit quiet after episode three. All I'll tell you about episode four of Succession is that there's a piece of paper involved. There's a a piece of paper involved. And let's talk about what should be done with the piece of paper. What if the piece of paper um, uh, sort of accidentally fell fell into a toilet bowl and we accidentally flushed this piece of paper down the toilet? There's a piece of paper, but there's not a cadaver on a plane. I really enjoyed that last episode. (laughs) I did. I thought it was great. It was funny. It was good. Um, But I was thinking about it so much, it interrupted my meditation yesterday.
3: Well, it would. It's succession.
1: I know, but I don't want succession creeping into my twenty minutes. That's why I think I've, I'm done with it. <laughs> there's there's <laughs> no room between my unbelievably short mantra, or in between my unbelievably short mantra for any of succession. Which
2: specific bit was creeping in? Um, all of it. All of it. <laughs> the whole
1: thing. Wow, cre- that's quite a wedge. Well, Vassos and I had this dilemma yesterday. We were gonna um, we were gonna eighty six it. We were gonna give it the old Spanish archer, the old elbow. Oh, because it was it was. We just thought we don't need that in our lives. It's a bit toxic. We know what happens. Every Everyone, you know, they say, you know, uh, and then they met and then they kissed and they hugged or uh, then they, they got all their money back or the squash and the squeeze worked out and everybody could live together happily ever after. We think succession has to be the end. Uh, that Everybody dies and nobody lives happily ever after because the redemption isn't within the characters. It's within the example the terrible toxic example they set to the rest of us and we think Vast and I we think we're already there with this don't we mm. you
2: see I after I felt similar to you after watching the seismic episode yeah. which we watched on Sunday night but then last night we watched the next episode and I find it quite humorous again <laughs>
1: I quite enjoyed it. It was quite funny. It was quite funny, wasn't it, was nice, I suppose? Anyway, what else is going on in the world? Elton John wants to celebrate uh, the end of his tour, his final ever tour with a trip to the Antarctic. Says who? Someone should know. David Furniture, his husband. Uh, our sons both want to go to the Antarctic, and Elton wants to go to the Antarctic as well. I mean, we could save them a fortune. Not that he needed to save a fortune, because this is going to be officially, this will end up as the fir- world's first ever billion dollar tour. He's already at $868 million. And he's only got... I mean, he, that's just a few more T-shirts he has to sell between now and when it ends. And there are... Pl- I think you. you a part of his merch, if you go to an Elton John, you can actually buy a piano. He has, you know...
2: I that, think so. That's amazing. Yeah, of course.
1: Of course, you can buy pianos. Um, but he could just get a nice bath, can't he? Yeah, or just come in here, because it's really cold in here, usually. <laughs> it's not like us. <laughs> Thanks, Pat. You who start the day swimming in the Serpentine, how can you find this studio cold? I'm not complaining about it. I love it. Beetles may have fed on dinosaur feathers. How's that for your indigestion? I
2: immediately thought of the music group.
1: <laughs> so did I. And I thought it was misspelt here. I thought the same thing. Because uh, you, you think, well, yeah, that would work. <laughs> Beatles may have fed on the feathers of dinosaurs about 105 million years ago. Fossils in amber have revealed. 105 million years ago, the dinosaurs. Um, we were talking. We t- you know, whenever it goes quiet in our house, Walt just pipes up. Okay, what animal am I?
3: Yeah
1: And he has a lot of fun With dinosaurs Different kinds of dinosaurs Because he'll say They have four legs When they don't have four legs They have two legs And they have the little arms Two tiny little
3: Kind of useless <laughs> little
1: You Can- couldn't clean your teeth arms What are they What were they for
3: Yeah
1: Were they supposed to be wings wait, And they wait. fell off Or something yeah. But kangaroos are very like that, aren't they? Yeah. And we were saying we, we, we spotted a hare over the holidays, not on my head, that would be something, but an actual hare in a field. And um, the kids said, the, the youngest, the twins, they said, they look, I said, what does that look like? And, they, and I thought they'd say rabbit. Mm-hmm. But the first thing they said was what? The first thing they said was kangaroo. Is that the influence of Bluey? No, no. It's just the fact that if you look at, if you don't think rabbit hair, hair rabbit, because we were brought up to, I don't know why we just brought up to think that, turtle tortoise turtle, yeah, all that kind of. stuff. But if you actually just look at a hair, it looks more like a kangaroo than a rabbit. True. It got it has massive as and then I said, okay, what else does it look like? Do you know what they said next? A deer. Oh. They but they were having none of this rabbit nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> All uh, right, Charles reveals meat-free dish to replace coronation chicken. And it's French. Charles and Camilla have urged Brits to celebrate the upcoming coronation by rustling up a meat-free tart with French origins, and they're calling it coronation quiche. And uh, we have some quiche action here. Case Lorraine! From uh, the B52s. That's all we can give you audio-wise. <laughs> quiche Lorraine, not coronation quiche. Anyway, um, that's going on there. People can't believe the cost of coffee and burritos at Coachella. Festival goers at this year's Coachella have been left gobsmacked at the price of food and drink across the three-day event. Attendees at the festival have shared prices of refreshments at the festival with one TikTok user going viral with a video that highlights the worst part of the event. Apparently, uh, just so you all know, these two coffees and two burritos said this TikTok poster cost us $64. Well, they need to to give up rock and roll and take up golf and go to their masters at golf. Because the Masters at Augusta notoriously has the best value food and drink for the patrons in the whole of sort of um, fantastic, uh, renowned, um, uh, desirable eventism. Uh, because the last time I went to the Masters, it was one, it was one dollar fifty for a sandwich and two dollars for a beer. When when was that? Uh, Well, it was only a few years ago. And the whole thing about it is to to get a ticket to go and watch the greatest golf tournament in the world, it's only $99. You can't buy one for more because that's what the – because Bobby Jones, who designed the course, had it written in the contract. He said, if I'm going to design this course, the number one people we have to look after, not the members, not the people who work here, it's always the patrons. And all this is in sort of – it's like the sheet of paper in (gasps) Succession that they didn't know what to do with. Have you seen it yet? No. Sheet of paper, Succession, toilet bowl. Yeah. What do they might also, do with the paper? Is <laughs> it? Pen,
2: pen, pen, pen mark.
1: Pen mark. Yeah, was it an underline or a cross out? Mm. What are you saying? We say, Are we saying too much about succession F- now? Sh- really? Because we, we said everything last week. Yeah. We yeah, got but... a menu coming through. Here we go. This is from this year's Masters. You ready? Yep. Egg salad sandwich this year at the Masters, 2023, $1.50. Wow. Yes, please. Pimento cheese sandwich, $1.50. This is this year at the Masters. Okay, you can't buy a sandwich for any more than this. Uh, classic chicken sandwich, $2.50. That's nice. a chicken sandwich. Ham and cheese, two fifty. dollars um, Turkey and cheese, two fifty. dollars 50 And a club sandwich at the Masters, at the US Masters, a club sandwich, $2.50.
2: That's what I would have. I mean, you can't get a
1: ticket for loving the money. Uh, and if you do get a ticket and you... Uh, you're spotted doing anything they don't like, you're banned for life anyway.
3: If you have a mobile phone on that course... No, uh... better
1: than that, better than that. If you w- want to sort of hurriedly get yourself from one fairway to another or one green to another to watch somebody... Oh, you're trying to follow a, a pairing or whatever. If you skip as opposed to... Not even jog or shuffle or run, but if you skip and you don't have one foot on the ground at all, all times... Uh, 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 what are they called?
2: It's like Olympic speed Marshalls. walking rules. A
1: marshal will say to you, excuse me, sir, you must have one foot on the ground at all times.
2: <laughs> I'd like that job. Okay. I'd be good at
1: that. But do bear in mind our sandwiches are only one dollar <laughs> fifty to two dollars fifty, unlike Coachella. Yeah,
2: they're all skipping to the sandwich yeah, kiosk. They're all skipping to the sandwich. That's what they're
1: doing. David Manchester says I was fortunate enough to get to the Masters this year. I entered at 9 a.m. and by 11, I'd one of each of the sandwiches and four pints, all for thirty-five dollars. <laughs> it's the place to go. You just got to get a ticket. That's the problem. <laughs> Sorry. One of,
2: one of every sandwich. By 11,
3: <laughs> one of every sandwich. And four pints. Yeah, but he's probably jet-lagged. It's probably like <laughs>
1: midnight for him. Do
2: you think the marshals would have had an issue
1: with his walking no, stance? Be, she, <laughs> you, know, you know, you're not allowed to sit on the grass.
2: What if you like to bring a little foldy seat yeah, like you, you bring to the bring kids' Yeah, you bring foldy, foldy seats that
1: then trees fall on. Did you see all that? No. These pine I, did trees. See,
2: I did see they, they stopped the stopped game, was it, last week when somebody was about to putt on the 18th. That would have been annoying. Yeah, Stanley because... Nile. Yeah, somebody. Was the, some Come pine trees,
1: some massive pine trees fell on the well by the side of the fifteenth green. They were huge, and the, the there was loads of people around, but somehow nobody was injured. Yet the chairs that you're talking about, the foldy chairs, yeah. loads of those were crushed by these trees. It's just that people weren't didn't weren't sitting in them at the time. It was really like. It was astonishing. It was a really shocking turn of events. Um, uh, miles more shocking than what happened at the snooker yesterday. <laughs> um, so there was orange on a table for once. So you'd usually get your ball, which is white, then you get 15 reds, and then you get the yellow, green, uh, brown, blue, pink, um, black, pot, the red ball, screw back for the yellow, green, brown, blue, pink, and um, black. Snooker loopy, nuts are we? We're all snooker loopy.
3: <laughs> i always thought that an orange ball if you put an orange ball and make it worth 10 points so the black is currently the, the most valuable ball at seven if you made an orange ball worth 10 points and put it like hide it down the other end of the table so make make players have to really work for it i thought that would sort of zhuzh snooker up so i thought i thought adding orange to snooker would be a good thing you know in the same way just as not the way they increase did the today. size of the golf hall I, yeah. I, you know i've got i've got Thoughts about rules of sports. But yeah, I, the, the way they did it
1: yesterday, not so much. So Just Up Oil I had to go with the Grand National on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Well, that was Just Up Oil as well, wasn't it? I d- was
3: that, that Just Up just, Oil? No, I the think they were change? animal
1: rights was that, Oh, Of course it would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, I think Because I was thinking maybe Just Up Oil are going to have a run on sporting events. I think they
3: said they will now. They
1: will. OK. Mm. And they've gone for orange again. So that happened. I mean, you know, uh, did they have to replace the table? Yeah, or? they have to replace the bays the bays or the table
3: so Rob Walker who's the master of ceremonies is our friend Rob, I know Rob. um yeah. yeah he was he had a little mini vac out and he was trying to get the orange out of the table but they have to no, they, they just they recloth the table but so that they didn't will take
2: move the table but they did didn't one of them jump on the table so mm. the concern is that the table could become uneven yeah
1: but they can sort that out yeah away. okay spirit yeah. level would do that okay. You can get it on your phone now anybody got a spirit level on the phone good funny the old spirit level <laughs> aren't they? Loads of fun. Loads. You want to get kids into tools? Start with the spirit level, my friends. Aussie Jane's here. Aussie Jane always looks amazing. Always lights up every single room she walks into. Her wedding was nothing but a joy to go to mm-hmm. last year. But she's coming this week and we've all gone, she looks better than ever. And we try to figure out why. And it's because you've straightened your hair. And this is something Jane does. She says, I only do it once a year and it's this week. <laughs>
4: Yes, it's today. It's <laughs> how long does it last? Uh, a good three or four days. Wow! I need that. it another wash. Maybe. So this is so,
1: this is so you, by the way. That it's, so this is all so Jane. If you don't know Jane, this that's her in a nutshell, in a hairdo. So how come once a year? I have a lot
4: of hair. It takes a lot of time to dry. Right. I uh, I don't put heat on it too much to keep it healthy. Yeah. And so, therefore, when I straighten it, everyone says, wow, your hair looks so healthy (laughs) and great. Uh, And I probably just can't be too bothered to straighten it because it takes up so much of my time. Right. But... Now I'm thinking maybe I should do
1: it more often. You are worried because um, she's nothing if not considered our Jane. Um, she said, look, but if I do it too often, then it won't have the same effect, will it? So we've decided on together, you and I, yes. uh, we've decided on maybe once a season.
4: Yes, quarterly.
1: Quarterly. <laughs> or when we come back from a substantial break as a team. That's a great show. Because your hair being so just cheers us all up. Oh, I mean, Rachel doesn't you. need cheering up because she's basically still on holiday, but we've all been back for a week and it feels like 10 years. even though we. And that's that's as lovely. Our job, imagine if we didn't like what we did for a living. Oh my gosh, um, yeah, so good. So, how long does it take? Uh,
4: it's probably a good hour out of my and Sunday. And you have your own to... straighteners, then I have, uh, they just sit there. I was gonna say they're underused <laughs> yeah. when I was a teenager. I used them a whole lot, they've lasted years. same ones, me years. of course. They yeah. have yeah. yours,
1: it's like a, a sort of a, a vintage Volvo, the 1986 Volvo 240 DL that still has only done 6,000 miles. It's like well, they don't exist. That's, I, that's your hair straighteners. I
4: saved up for them um, when I was How much 16. Were they? I think they were about three hundred dollars at the time, which was so much money when I was 17, working at the Does cinema. Does the power
1: cable is it too twisty for its own good? Because it spends most time.
4: Twi- oh yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it, it's it's essentially untouched, really. So we could, <laughs> we
1: could, couldn't we? Could club together for Jane's birthday and get her some new hair straighteners. But there's no point. <laughs> no purchase required. No. no purchase necessary. What are we going to get her instead? Oh. I don't know. I mean, there's a shop nice, in Marlowe that nice. just sells clothes for Jane. They don't yeah. know that, but they do.
2: I think a new hat. First I like you in a hat.
1: Next week, first of May, <laughs> week after pre coronation, pre coronation. So the first of May is that a Sunday this year? Monday. Is that a Monday? It's, okay, Monday. Yeah, bank holiday Monday. Yeah. Bank bank holiday. Holiday Monday. Yeah. Oh,
3: the first two on the spin we've got. The
1: first of
3: three. Yeah, but two on the two on the bounce. What do you mean? First and the eighth. So yeah. we've got two bank holiday weekends. Boom, boom.
1: Okay, and then another one before May finishes. Yes. Um, interesting. So that's a big week then. So we've got, we got your birthday on bank holiday Monday. Yeah. Then we've got Rich Roll coming in. <gasps> oh, is, is he coming? Sh- 3rd of May, coming in on Wednesday. And then we've got um, Star Wars Day, May the 4th be with you. And then we've got the coronation. And then we've got um Mergehead Day, the 8th of May.
3: <laughs> Which is coronation day and Matthew's birthday. I feel I want to hug coronation Rich day's Roll. not Roll.
1: Math- coronation day is not May the 8th. Isn't it? No, they get. (laughs) He's being coronated on the um, sixth, which is the Saturday, but then we get the Monday off.
3: Just big hangover.
1: (laughs) Whatever you like. I don't know where this is going. You've lost me now. Okay, so today we are encouraging you to forgive the other people who wind you up in your lives on a regular basis. You know, um, if you get used to doing that to people who do it regularly, when somebody just does it to you spontaneously that you've never met, you'll find it easier to do that as well. Because we have in our, in our brains, we have um, – it's not in the hippocampus, it's the hypothalamus, I think. We have a, we have a go – um button but we also have a stop button and we practice go our goes a lot do this do this do this do this but we need to practice our don'ts as well so you know in the day if you can build in micro uh, practices of don't and it can be so simple you know, like just, you know, if you if you habitually find yourself doing something, whether it's picking up your phone or picking your nose or just just practice. Don't, 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 don't. And then when a don't will benefit you much more than that. You will have it in your in your toolbox. It's quite in your arsenal. It's quite I think it's quite a useful thing. Um, and, you know, we must we must not as much as we should. In fact, you know, the the old you get, it's all about notting as opposed to. Not knotting, <laughs> isn't it? Don't you think so? You've got to flex the muscle. I, th- I think so. And so, you know, if people are winding you up on a regular basis, then you need to just uh, forgive them. I would say forgive the other people who are winding you up for being who they are and forgive yourself for wishing they were someone else yeah. because that's not going to happen. Yeah. They're not going to change. You know, they might change a bit, but you wouldn't notice it. They're still going to be the same to you probably. And don't make yourself miserable because someone's an idiot. Because they're not making yourself miserable you're 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 making yourself miserable you're using them as the excuse mm-hmm. you know they're giving you a chance to do the not thing to not make yourself miserable to stay as you are um and I think that's really really important i do i think it's really really important um my favorite uh person in the world who needs to not more is this, this guy sitting to your left and to my right okay. to vas alexander because he's 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 a very he's very much a doer aren't you Vassos? I like. I was thinking about it on
3: the cycle yeah. to work this morning. Yeah, there were there were fewer cars than than normal. But sometimes people yes. aren't really concentrating early in the morning, the and you are um, cycling to work, mm. and they'll like they'll overtake me quite close, and then maybe immediately turn left, which is quite scary when you're on, yeah when you're on a bike and it's very easy when you're on a bike to a take that personally like they yeah. they, uh, they they attack you personally um and b to get cross about it or to just just get upset about it and i've been learning to not to so just like so he's having his day i'm having my day it's all right he didn't mean he didn't mean that he'd Probably. Um, and it's fine. <laughs> Still probably in there. Yeah.
2: Still. But it's also it's work like, in progress. It's Interesting. But shifting the focus. So I so Dara's got bike ability this week at school. So yesterday we cycled, I cycled him to school so his bike would be at school. And if I was cycling myself and some cars weren't a bit too close to us. If I was cycling myself, I would have had all those sort of negative Oh, you're too close to me, you need to be more responsible driver. Oh. But because I was cycling with Dara and I was right behind him, so the whole time I was saying to him, don't worry about the cars, we'll just stay in, it's all fine. And so I shifted my focus to just Dara in front of me rather than reacting to the cars next to me. And I arrived at school, I was totally calm and chilled, whereas if I'd done that cycle without the focus on Dara, I probably would have been very wound up.
1: (laughs) You two need to learn to fly a helicopter.
2: No, thank you.
3: (laughs) Do you know why? Yeah, I'd love that. Because
1: you're taught to fly defensively. That's what you do. You fly defensively. You assume everybody else is going to do you wrong in midair. And then once you get used to that, you neutralize that because that in itself is too emotive. And you just fly defensively all the time. What I find really interesting about what you said, Vasos, about your bike uh, and people overtaking you and then turning left. Yeah. Uh, You know, this happens a lot. And, you know, sometimes I take it personally and sometimes I think they're doing it to me. And then I've realized he's just having his day, probably, you know, that kind of thing is I ride my bike as much as you ride your bike. It doesn't happen to me. People don't do that to me. They don't turn left on me. It doesn't happen. You must be meeting them somewhere psychologically for that to happen. I don't know. Well, well hang on a minute. Just think about it for a second before you say, I don't know. I ride my bike as much as you in London, and it doesn't happen to me. So how come?
3: There are bits of London where it happens quite a lot Eton Square so between um, <laughs> Sloan
1: Square and it's London it's London it would happen a lot everywhere I, I'm not looking I for it of, to happen I, I would imagine it happens most where there's a left turn believe me I only turn left from here going back to my car it's all left because it's diagonal <laughs> Right, I have like Fifty left turns. You're saying no. It only happens on my. See again. It only happens
3: to me. No, no, It, it doesn't only happen to <laughs> yes. me. But you're saying it only happens to you. No, I'm not. So I'm saying.
1: No, I'm saying it doesn't happen to me.
3: Well, lift, I'm not looking for it to happen, and I'm not well, actually that bet- upset when I it beg- does. Well, I, beg to I, actually, I actually quite enjoy it when it happens. It's a bit like the tea in, in the See what sink. is that? What does that mean? So where- do you remember we all yes. got wound up because people leave? Tea bags in the no, sink. No, we didn't all get wound up. I got wound up because
1: people left <laughs> right. tea What's the common theme in all this? What, what's the common ingredient in all these things? Growth is no, the common theme. No, it's you. It's you.
3: Then when I would see a tea bag in the thing, <laughs> sink, I think, oh, that's okay. I will get rid of the tea bag. And that's, that, that's given me an opportunity to get rid of the tea bag. And now when when the, you know, black cab turns left right in front of me. Now he's, now
1: he's put a name on it. Now it's a black
3: cab driver. <laughs> I go, it's all right. It's all right, mate. Carry on. You carry on. Knock yourself out. Just don't just knock just me, me out.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When are we cycle him? What's that? Is this the neuro- an- an- analysis that you were talking about? Well, we're getting there, Rach.
1: <laughs> we are definitely getting there. <laughs> so, um, Dr. Andrew Huberman, Professor Dr. Andrew Huberman, hosts the fastest growing podcast in the world. So, the biggest um program of any type in the world is the joe rogan show and joe rogan started his podcast because he was a guest on howard stern's breakfast show back in the day and joe at the time joe's always been a mixed an mma fighter Um, then he became an mma commentator he's always been a stand-up comedian so his two sort of tempos are stand-up comedian fighter OK, and he's done them both since he was like 15, 16 years old. And it's all, all he ever wanted to do was earn, earn money from one or the other or both enough to basically pay for his shopping on a Friday. And obviously he's done more than that. So he appeared on Howard Stern Show, which, you know, used to be the biggest programme in the world uh, as a guest. And he thought, this is fun. He just turns up with his mates and has a laugh. And so he le- he leaves the show, The Howard Stern Show, 12 years ago um, that morning. And he goes to, he says to his agent, can I get a radio show? And he says, well, we can, you know, you, you're obviously great at talking because you now commentate on MMA. He's in a sitcom. as He was in a sitcom back in the, in the day as well. And he says, I'm sure we could get you some kind of radio show. What kind of radio show would you like? He said, I want Howard Stern's radio show. He says, you can't have Howard Stern's radio show. He says, why not? He says, because he's Howard Stern. He gets paid $150 million a year and he's been doing it since he was 20. So that's not going to happen. And Joe said, well, that's the only kind of show I want. So, well, it doesn't exist. So he heard of this thing called podcasting and he started his podcast. Um, Now his show and Howard Stern talks about podcasting not really being a thing now defensively, because guess whose show is the most popular in the world? I don't know if Howard's been on Joe's show, but that would be an interesting episode. Anyhow. He has the biggest show in the world, the fastest, sorry, the the, the fastest growing show in the world is Professor Dr. Andrew Schuberman's podcast, and he's only been doing it for three years. This guy is a genius, all right? So he picks a subject that will benefit all of us every week, and he talks about it for two to three hours. That's all he does. And it sounds as dull as ditch water, and it's anything but. So he will pick heat therapy. He will pick migraines. He will pick um, hydration. He will pick nutrition. He will pick walking, and he will do two hours on walking. The benefits, first of all, what is it? Why do we do it? You know, and then, then you know, what's good about it? What's best about it? Where, where is best to do it? Just everything about this, it's just a master. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. Anyway, he, yesterday, he turned his attention to Vasos on the fastest growing podcast in the world. The Schuberman Lab, it's called. And here he is talking about our beloved,
3: I have someone in my life, I won't mention who they are, who likes to say about themselves, they're all tactics, no strategy. And they're an extremely effective person. They can make more happen in 45 minutes than anyone else I know, but they have no long-term strategy. And it's gotten them into some serious uh, hot water. So how do you know him? I don't think it's got me into some serious hot water.
2: (laughs) That was very high-pitched, Vasos.
1: Has it, though? But what I, mean, I love yeah. about, what I love about it is that you are all tactics and no strategy. Yeah. And it works for you. Yes, just it just doesn't work for anybody else. <laughs> Karen has to mop up. <laughs> mop up? Oh, if it was only a mop. <laughs> but some people are like that, aren't they? Oh, I used to be all tactics, no strategy. And you just think it's all right. And it's so not all right. It's so, like, oh, so chaotic for everybody to, to, to orbit around. I don't think it is. Of course you don't. I, don't, I think <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um, it's, and this—that's what—that's what got me started thinking about Ryan Reynolds and Rob McCollynes. Um, st- do they have a strategy around Wrexham, or do, is it tactics now? And you know, do you, are they going to think about it later? I wonder. <laughs> we've we forgotten how to pronounce his name again, haven't we? <laughs> Brexit or <All> tactics? <laughs> Wasn't it? How do we? How do we win the vote? Not whether, whether, like, you know, what's going to happen after it. There's lots of things like that. Yeah. Um, but that's you. One more time.
3: I have someone in my life, I won't mention who they are, who likes to say about themselves, they're all tactics, no strategy. And they're an extremely effective person. They can make more happen in 45 minutes than anyone else I know, but they have no long-term strategy. And it's gotten them into some serious uh, hot water.
1: And apparently you can pass it on to your eldest son quite easily. It's called living in the now. fastest over to you what's one up
3: from national treasure because that's where our next guest rides his bicycle and rests his head he's now written his first play and will star in the one man show august in england at london's bush theatre starting next week so please welcome the 11 out of 10 sir lenny henry
5: (laughs)
1: That's nice. Thank you very it's much. It's beautiful. Lenny, you look great, man. And you. Thank you, you very much. You
5: look so well, so fit. It's very nice to have you say that about me. I shall go and put cocoa butter on my feet to celebrate.
1: <laughs> does it work?
5: It does, Yes, yeah, nice.
1: <laughs> Keeps you trim. I put Vicks on my, the soles of my feet. Did you? No, I do. I do, regularly.
5: So anybody kissing your foot would have clear nostrils?
1: Yeah, well, you have to ask For them. the duration. I have no idea. <laughs> um, cool cat, by the way. Thanks. And so are you wearing that backwards or is that... It's a
5: Stetson and you can wear it backwards oh and you can try man. it on in the shop and they go, yeah, that looks good backwards. Because some of them don't look good backwards. Right. Some of them look like you've made a terrible mistake.
1: I think it looks awesome. Thanks. Um, do you have a hat shop? Do you have a go-to hat shop?
5: There's one in... Um, I like the one in New York and there's one in Covent Garden that's quite nice. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. There's one in New York about, it's called Stetsons. Is it actually? So they make Stetsons, but they also do cool poor boy fisherman's caps and stuff like Is that. Is that a
1: tweed job you got going on Yeah, there. yeah. Uh, great specs as well. What's going Thanks. on with the specs? <laughs> Where are they from?
5: I can't see. I've got to wear spectacles. Um, they're from um, Mrs. Steeney. Yeah. I got to see this guy called Steenie in London. And um, he kind of looks after me. He's been for about the last 20 years,
1: actually. You are looking sharp, my friend. Really sharp. Oh, all
5: right, listen. I love coming on this show. Um, you get sandwiches and a cup of tea and everything. Well,
1: well, he's looking sharp, but he's feeling something else beginning with the same letters, bizarrely. Um <laughs> <laughs> Is that right, Len? Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I said, What stage are you at this production? He went, I'm at the Ing stage myself. Yeah. Um, so, August in England, tell us all about
5: it. August in England is a uh, one man play. I did ask um, Lynette Linton, the, one of the directors if there were going to be other people in the place she couldn't know it's just going to be you i think they can just afford me they can afford the cab to the theater and um she said it's just going to be you and it's going to be a monologue okay fine so uh, we started thinking about it before lockdown um when the windrush scandal was at its most toxic and i you know, they say you should write about what you care about, not just what you know, but what do you care about and what do you want to know? What do you want to learn about something? And I didn't really know about the Windrush, because my mum came 10 years after the Windrush, was really peed off when she arrived at the the airport and there were no photographers there. There was nobody saying, can you sing a calypso? There was nobody there to kind of memorialise her visit. Anyway. So 10 years after. So I wanted to write a story about post Windrush people who maybe came in the 60s, who came on their mother's passport, like my sister Kay, and then lived in this country for years and years and years and paid benefits and taxes and everything. And then suddenly had this thing arrive in their life that said, um, oh, you don't, you have no leave to remain, you've got to go home. But- Terrifying. terrifying terrifying so if you're a grown-up and you've got four kids and you live in your house and you've been paying your tax and your benefits and everything to have a letter come from this thing called capita saying you have no leave to remain is the most frightening thing in the world and i wanted to present something that was humorous and possibly moving where you learn about somebody's life and then you see this big double-decker bus come at them from the side and see how they deal with it and also that you know because everybody you read about i read about michael braithwaite and we talked to him recently to do research and we talked to some people from birmingham and the lady who worked in the house of commons they all say but i i'm british i've lived here for 14 years or i came here in 1970 and it's a real punch in the stomach to be told that you're not a a British citizen, when you are.
1: It's incomprehensible
5: it's in- for most of incomprehensible. us. So we kind of uh, wanted to present something that made you feel those feelings, and yeah. so hopefully that works.
1: Well, no, every time you hear the story, and it can't be told enough ever and it does make you feel sick to your stomach because you know if if you're given a terrible medical diagnosis you know it's something we've all been brought up with you know maybe having to expect one day or it's a possibility but this is just like a bolt out of the blue even for the people it happened to where did that letter come from
5: it came from the home office uh, via a um, an immigration Institution called Capita who handled all the kind of the bad news things. So they outsourced it and said, you... "I was going to
1: say it's a commercial thing." Yeah,
5: it was outsourced, and they had a van with, um, you know, imagine this: a van with immigration enforcement parked outside your house to come and get you at six o'clock in the morning because that's when you'd be. You wouldn't be awake, and they just take you to a detention centre before maybe in a week, maybe the next day, putting you on a plane back to Jamaica where you haven't been or Grenada or wherever where you haven't been since you were five or six or seven. So um, I wanted to get this across and the the best thing about all of these stories that you watch when you go to the theatre or you go to the pictures is if you can walk a mile in somebody's shoes, you might go out afterwards when you're eating your popcorn and go, wow, really? That happened? I'm going to go online or I'm going to write to my MP or I'm going to say, I, I don't think this is right. And so hopefully... We were talking about it yesterday. If people want to talk about it afterwards, we'll we'll be there to talk to them afterwards. There'll be a there'll be a website you can go to, all of that Because I think it will be it will evoke feelings in the in the audience, and I, I wanted to I wanted that to happen. But I'm aware that. People are going to want to talk.
1: It's interesting. Uh, so many questions. Okay, so the first question. Um, my friend Russell, who you know, uh, he does stand up tours, and because he's um, you know he's a recovering addict, he will always after his set always take Q and A, regardless of what the set's about, because mm. he knows a lot of people that come. Um, have been through similar experiences, you know. That's maybe why they are attracted to him in the first place, or they know someone, or they're, or they're with someone. You know, are you tempted to even maybe even have a Q and A after the show? I think show? there's going to be
5: I think there's going to be a f- several Q and As, but one of the things we want to do is have people. When the show's finished, they're going to need to sit with their thoughts for a bit, yeah. you know, because this is people's grannies, uncles, oh. mums, dads, sisters, well, brothers. Are uh, this human beings? So people are going to want to sit in the space and talk to each other, to themselves. There's going to be a pat, pen and a pad. They can write down their thoughts. And we, we're thinking about having this thing where they can record themselves on their phone and just say, this is what happened to me, and then send it to us. Um, these things are a resource. And if the show can trigger something that helps people to think things through and navigate their feelings. Because remember as well, Chris, this is about your mental health, you know. Uh, I, you know, we've heard so many stories of people being shunted off to somewhere and then having a nervous breakdown and collapsing and falling <laughs> over. And, you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, my original role was a stand-up comedian and now I'm an actor and, and I wanted to do something that was amusing, you learn about this guy, you learn about his quirks and his and his quiddities and all that kind of stuff. And then suddenly this thing happens to him and you start to go, oh my God, this could happen to anybody. Anybody. So that's why I wanted to tell this story. Yeah, I mean that's Because it's us, you know, whether you're black or white or grey or brown or whatever. The threat of the threat of being taken away from your family is awesome. And if it was you you'd fight with every fibre of of your being.
1: She would without question the uh, immigration enforcement vans. When did they first start appearing?
5: Well, they came to my house, but um, people say that they just started to show up. It was when this thing called When About It was when the, it was the beginning of the hostile environment was kind of 2012 when Theresa May was because I remember about
1: the vans, I remember them thinking, What the heck is that? Yeah. I thought somebody was making a movie guys or something, I
5: in high vis, high vis jackets, blue and white, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, so the. They just started to show up and they would arrive at six in the morning. There might have been a documentary about it. There was a brilliant um, uh, single uh, film called Sitting in Limbo where this this guy just suddenly started to have this nightmare set of experiences where they showed up, they took him away, he was in this detention centre um, and his missus had to do it all. And the um, we met a, a lady recently from the Midlands whose daughter gave up going to university to take care of her mum and to help her sort this problem out because... I don't know about you, but there's people in my family, and I'm kind of one of them, who don't like filling out forms, don't like this kind of bureaucracy stuff. It's kind of this Kafka-esque list of things with initials and acronyms and stuff. Nobody likes doing that. So what happens is your kids do it. And what what happened in this lady's family is the daughter was doing all this work, their dad died, and she still had to support her These are terrible stories, and we should be we should be encouraged to look at them because when you look back at this past, it can help you look forward to the future and go, well, that shouldn't happen again.
1: Yeah, without question. So tell us about August. So August is the character.
5: Yeah, August Henderson is from Jamaica. Um, His dad went over two years before them in uh, 1960 and his dad said he was going to send for them after he went to to England to look for work and find some place decent to live and start our life all over again. That was the plan. And um, he goes and he he doesn't send for them for two years. And this was a thing that happened back in the day. You know, Dad would go over, and then you know, five years later, he's. You read about this a lot. Yeah, it was a thing that happened anyway. Mom says, "Right, that's it. Pack the suitcase. I'm going to England." <laughs> and she borrows money from her from her mom, Granny Curtis, who's this tiny bend up, bend up, wrinkle up, wrinkle up woman with a fierce like so. And um, they get together and they get the money and they go to England to find Dad and they find him and he's being a bit of a rogue. But they end up in Peckham. And uh, then they move to the Midlands and they live in West Bromwich, boing, boing. And it's just about building a life in a Britain where you thought because you're in the Commonwealth, you'd be welcomed in a certain way. And you're not. You know, there are no streets paved with gold. There are people touching your hair on the bus and asking if your hair is Velcro. There are people asking if your skin colour comes off. It's all of that. So they experience all of that with humour and they, you know, they kind of push back against it, obviously. August is bullied at school, but fights back. Um, Completely different to me, by the way. And then um, he forms a band called Blackfist. And uh, he's got a band (laughs) called Blackfist because it's so militant.
1: It was militant,
5: Blackfist. Want to be like Peter Tosh and Bob Marley, Blackfist. And they all live with their parents and wear second-hand clothes and talk like these, but they pretend to be Jafaken when they're on stage. And they do that, and then he meets his character, Clarice, and uh, he falls in love with her. She tells him, you know, maybe the band's not going to be a thing, and if we're going to be married, then maybe... (gasps) And so he gets married. So you get this guy's entire life story. His love of music, his love of Clarice, and then they have some tragedies. And then later on in life... He gets this thing show up out of the blue from nowhere when he applies for a marriage license. And actually, what happens with it is a ping comes on the computer for any reason. Could be anything. And you could not have all your documents. I was researching this thing and thought, I've got to figure out, oh, what is it that triggers the response from the home office? And it was literally, oh, it just come on our computer. Uh, And then suddenly your employees are telling you you're an illegal immigrant and you're not. You know, Michael Braithwaite's story is heartbreaking. He was teaching special needs kids in London and doing a brilliant job. And one day his boss said, you have no leave to remain. You're an illegal legal immigrant. You, you can't work here. And he was looking after these incredibly need, needful Challenge. children, yeah. challenged children. And he had to give up his job and it nearly broke him. But it didn't break him. So this is about somebody who has had a life, I want you to get to know him and enjoy his company, and then when this thing happens to him, I want you to feel what he feels.
1: Well, you don't sound like you're shilling yourself over this. You sound like you're totally in control of the whole situation, and you're smiling when you're talking about it, and there's a flow to it. And you're a you're you're a perfectionist. I know you are. You know, I'm trying. Uh, well, not, you
5: know, there's no such thing as perfection. You've just got to do it. No,
1: no I know, and never let perfect be the enemy of the good. But <clears> you <throat> know, if you shoot for the stars, well, you get the sky very, thrown I mean, in.
5: What's wonderful is the the team at Shepherd's Bush. Uh, the Bush Theatre are incredibly... I mean, I've been going to the Bush as a customer for years, so um, to be actually working in that building and to see the energy and excitement, they're all quite young people... Quite diverse young people. Everyone's
1: quite young. When they you're all to, eight. Know,
5: yeah. <laughs> you say, "Let's dance before the show," and all this kind of thing. <laughs> do we really have to dance today? Yeah. And then thank God there's a Jamaican restaurant down the road because I can have a rest from the dancing. Um, but it's lovely, and they're so keen, and they want to help you. And you know, if you forget the lines, they jump in with the lines, and they they might even get up and act it out for you. <laughs> out, one way, step to one side, old man. I'll do this bit. <laughs> so it's been a really, it's a really exciting thing. And Daniel Bailey and Lynette Linton are. Literally, I mean, they're award-winning directors and artistic directors. They're so on it. They're really on it, and they don't let me get away with anything.
1: So it's you on your own on stage for how long?
5: Uh, for it's about eighty minutes, and I, you know, I play all these characters. And it's it's just to get it, not to get it twisted. It's a it's a play. It's not stand up. So if you think it's too little Irish it's not that. It's me playing all these characters it's, it's and being amazing. narrating this story.
2: This is going to be such an emotional experience for for so yourself for the audience how how are you going to either detach your emotions from your performance or or imbue it with them
5: i think what's lovely is when you're doing a play you're an actor so you can literally you can put the play on like a coat and experience all the emotions and hopefully when you've had your shower after the show you can detach again it's a thing you have to plug into it's not a thing you carry on carry with you all day otherwise it would drive you nuts and because there are mental health issues around this subject matter I have to be careful because I you know this is my family so I feel the feelings too so I have to kind of make sure that I'm not so plugged in that I get kind of bogged down in that yeah but it's going to be hopefully it's going to be funny and it's going to be moving and um there's going to be there's songs and if they they might want to sing along I think there's a legendary thing of me trying to do Janet Kay and Sing Silly Games. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I think there might be a... I don't know if it's still in, but there's a bit where I try and do Bobby Caldwell... Because he's a he's a musician, so he want he likes singing. Yeah, so yeah, there's a, yeah. there's a lot of songs in it.
1: Well, Lots eighteen. Of references it sounds to music. so packed. If it's eighteen minutes long with all these characters, this great message, the comedy, the it could humor. be a movie. You know, oh, let That should be a movie. Wow, man, it's so cool. August in England, London's Bush Theatre. Booking now. Tickets at bushtheatre.co.uk. If you had to do it tonight, how how many out of ten would? It, what would its chances of? Uh, getting... If I had to do it tonight, yeah. Chris. If you had to do it tonight, where would it? <laughs> where would it be?
5: Uh, about thirty-five minutes in, right? I might ask somebody for a line, right? But I'm doing all right. I'm pretty good. Wow, I'm pretty good.
1: And so, when does it start? When have I we got... did it
5: in the taxi on the way here today, and it was not the bad. whole thing. Yeah, did ta- you really? Taxi driver was like, "This is. I'm going to see this." <laughs> I'm not going to charge you, Lenny. <laughs> that yeah. was great. I'm not yeah. going to charge you.
1: I'm going the long way. All uh, right, don't you always? Friday 20th of April to Saturday 10th of June. Now, uh, obviously, loads of work has gone into it. You, you, you seem to be pretty proud of it, which is you absolutely deserve to be, and um, completely justified in being. It would suggest though that this may go somewhere else because it's, it sounds too good to have such a brief life at well, one very theater. kind of you
5: to say that. We don't know what the future of it is. What well, would you like?
1: What was your, What are your dreams
5: for? Well, it? I'd like to be able to because it's set in. Peckham and the Midlands, I'd like to at least do it in Peckham and the Midlands so um, I'd like my family to be, because if my family show up to the Bush Theatre, nobody else is going to get in so (laughs) frankly we've got to do it somewhere else so that some other people can come and see it yeah, Lenny, have any tickets? It's for me and my um, fifteen people yeah. who want to come. Full
1: house, sold out. No, full it's house. It's nearly sold out. Yeah, it's uh, nearly good. sold out. It's
5: doing very well. Right, well so well. I'd like to, I'd like to be able to go to big cities and do it because I think that it'd be nice. But Bush. at the moment, I just, I just want to get through this bit.
1: All right, bushtheatre.co.uk. Um, your regime for, di- I mean, you've done this before. You've, you've won awards before on stage. You're amazing. Of Course you are uh, for so many different reasons. And um, how good to yourself do you have to be to sustain a run? As well as and do it justice. Well,
5: you have to go. You have to have walks. Um, you have to do the yoga. You have to do the the voice work. You have to meditate. I do all that stuff. Tell
1: us, but give us like a minute on each of those. Give us your, your meditation practice. The
5: meditation. Um, strangely, I did a meditation thing when I was in New Zealand doing the the circle of the, of the rings. I can't remember what it's called, and the Lord of the Rings. Um, television series and I I was very interested in this meditation thing I think it's quite good to have some part of your day when you're not going because ah! a lot of a lot of my day sometimes feels like I jumped out of, a, of an airplane and I'm going ah! And then when i get to bedtime that's when i hit the ground yeah, yeah yeah. so i wanted something where that wasn't happening so i did a meditation thing and it's great
1: are you 10 20 minutes you your mantra 20, 20 minutes guided or not guided 20 minutes unguided unguided okay and it's fantastic and right, i can t- do it
5: anywhere for either 20 minutes or three or two or i can just do it for one yeah and it just centers me of course yoga is great i uh if you want to see a big brother bending himself around, come and check me out. I like it. I'm not. As, I'm nowhere near as my, my tutor is fantastic. Hang on a minute. You, Is this in the show? No, 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 no. The Yoga's not in the show. So
1: where can we come and see you? No, you can't see oh, me. God. If you go to my house,
5: you'd literally see me right. doing the downward dog. The dog comes in and goes, that's not how you do yes. that.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you're a dog.
5: <laughs> Shut up. Leave me alone, dog. Um, so I do that. And then what else do I do? Walks. She talks about I go, walks. Walks are great. Lockdown was the walk thing. Right. Lockdown was like the two-hour walk. Yeah, yeah, strange. Wasn't um, it? That was great, but it, since the lockdown thing, I found it slightly difficult to adapt to the kind of. oh, I've just got to go for a walk because. So, uh, but I do try. My missus loves walking. Lisa, hello. But um, I find it a bit kind of.
1: And what about you in sleep? How are you with sleep? I wake up in the middle of the night and do the play
5: in my head. That's handy. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Does that help you get? I you wake back up in the of middle of the night and go to be or not to be. That yeah. is the question.
1: Must, the must get one of those. <laughs>
5: No, I wake up in the middle of the night you and I, actually... I sometimes run the play in my head and I, I've done it for every play I've been in. You just kind of... You, you're not quite asleep. I don't know what it's called, but you, your eyeballs are going, but then you suddenly start doing the play non-rem, from the beginning. Non-REM, non-REM You go sleep. all the way through to the end of the play and then you go back to sleep because you're exhausted.
1: Right. Um, but, but it's it was, fun. Of course it's fun. It's great, man, and you're so good at it. I'd be so... I'd be scared to come out of my yeah, house Yeah, you alone. look at
5: you here every day in your pink hat <sighs> doing yeah, a radio no, show. It's different, though, man. It's different. Is
1: it? Yeah. Um, is this what is this what you always wanted to do in the end?
5: Well, be a DJ? <laughs> yeah, Shut man up. sitting there <laughs> playing this. records and no. stuff, you know. I mean, Your this theater. is Roy Ayers Your running th- away, check it. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to do that. No, I wanted to climb out of a window with some records under my arm and run away from the police.
1: You know what I mean? That's see now that's the last time I saw the immigration enforcement van. It was it was in the play, the town where I live, and it was outside the local restaurant. And they went in there, and the guys literally were running out of the back window because they was <laughs> they were literally scared for their future lives. And I'm not, and that wasn't that wasn't 11 years ago. That was about three four years yeah. ago. so
5: it's still going, and also that these things are still happening, and immigration is still a thing, and trafficking is still a thing. So we have to be aware of these things, and if we can do something, somebody was saying to me the other day, why aren't we out on the street why aren't we protesting about this why aren't we writing to MPs and the thing is if it touches you in your life then you will react but sometimes we can be a bit isolated from these things we can be watching it from here and go oh yeah that's terrible that thing is happening but it doesn't affect me so I don't need to get involved but you kind of do need to be involved if you're going to be an ally to people which is what we're all trying to be now we should try and ally ourselves and go actually I'm going to help you do this if you can you know just look in the if there's a website or something, just check it out. And if you can help, please do.
1: So, a week on Friday, um, you're on stage. <laughs> Stop saying uh, that! Sorry about this. I can only apologise. Stop um, saying that! Uh, obviously, you'll be doing previews from Monday, I would imagine. Yeah, there's... Well, the,
5: no, it's tech all next week. The tech is when you kind of do the play bit by bit and work through every bit and then make sure the lighting and the props and everything are in place. We've got that for a week. And then it's the week after we start the previews. And then, oh, my goodness, I will be on wearing a napkin. <laughs>
1: I still have some man sized nappies from my kidney stone (laughs) issue last year. I'll be wearing the Tenor
5: Man pants, and hopefully, there'll be somebody with a very loud voice going, Say
1: this bit next. He's not joking, he's got the brand (laughs) Tenor Man. (laughs) So, so this is really happening because nothing comes that easily, not even to Lenny Henry, unless it's real.
5: No, no, we're working very hard, and we hope to bring you a show that that you'll enjoy and be provoked by and all that stuff. All right,
1: you're awesome, Lenny. I love you. you.
2: Planning for your next trip?